Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome to episode number 216 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic, and entrepreneur here to help you take control of your life. You get a front row seat to my journey all the mistakes I've made and how I've rebuilt myself to be a person I'm super proud of. And I'm here to share all of it with you so I can tell you what works and what doesn't. And I love you guys for showing up with me every week with a great attitude and for being a part of our Facebook group and supporting each other. It's really an incredible thing to be a part of. And I want to start this week with a new review that I got. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the reviews. This is so important in podcast world, and I so appreciate it. If you have a minute to leave a review, that would be great. It's super simple and only takes a minute. So our friend says, very empowering thoughts from Angela. She's a true life coach. Highly recommend listening for anyone sober or battling through addiction, but the topics are so diverse that I recommend it to anyone. This has been a big shift in the past year where I'm getting a bigger and bigger audience of people who aren't struggling with addiction. And it's so fantastic to me because my whole career, I've practiced as a life coach. There was never a point that I only worked with people with addiction, right? And in the world of building businesses, I was always told I had to pick one. It's one or the other, Angela. You work with addiction or you're a life coach. You have to pick one. It's one box or the other. But for me, it was all the same because in my first year of sobriety, almost everything revolved around just being and staying sober. But once I was good at the sober part, all the rest of my healing was about life stuff. And there was this moment that I was sitting in a meeting, probably in like my second year sober, that I realized meetings weren't the only place to learn how to rebuild your life. And that's when I started to explore becoming a life coach. I knew I wanted to help people stay sober because that was, for me, the most rewarding and empowering thing I ever did. And all I wanted to do was help other people feel that empowerment and have the feeling of getting control of your life back. But once I realized that to stay sober, you have to fix all the rest of your life, <laughs> it was a no-brainer for me. So to have someone say they recommend the podcast to anyone, even if they're not battling addiction, is so huge. And I'm so appreciative because even as a person with addiction, I still have all the same struggles that all the people without addiction have, <laughs> you know? And all of us recognize this. We have all the same problems of the rest of the world with too much stress and 
feeling unhappy and riddled with guilt and shame and kids and jobs and partners, bad habits, lacking direction, living paycheck to paycheck, the stress of bad credit or not making enough money or not being able to afford health insurance, creating unhealthy relationships because we all have unhealed wounds. Like we all have all that stuff. That's just life. The one thing I'll say where there is a difference between the addicted and non-addicted populations, there are definitely nuances to our personalities as people with addiction. Working with an alcoholic does require a little different skill set in some ways because we have pieces of our personalities that are challenging, you know? We are rebellious and obstinate much more than the general public, right? We don't like authority. We view everything as authority. We are also typically very smart and very strong people, and we like to push back. We like to think we can figure it out on our own. And the suggestions we're given to heal, we like to discount and think we don't need to do that. That doesn't apply to me. I can do this my own way. There's a lot of ego to work around, a lot of pushback. And because people with addiction always have underlying trauma and a lot of unhealed trauma, we can also be pretty angry at the world and generally dissatisfied, a little bitter, resentful. There's a tendency to be more on the negative side rather than seeing the positives and focusing on that. And we're sensitive. You guys, we are so freaking sensitive, like the tiniest thing can make us defensive and mad and reactive. So there are some nuances that you have to understand to work in the addiction arena because it is a different experience and it can be infuriating and it can be heartbreaking. For me, because I am all of those things I just talked about, (laughs) I get it because I am also all of those things. And I can create my coaching plans to fit those personality traits because I have all of them too. And I understand on a core level what things and words push our buttons. And I spent years studying communication to be able to speak addict fluently. You know, like I speak the language fluently and I can get the things done without pushing those buttons. And this is the last thing I'll say about this. There are plenty of people in the world who have a lot of those traits too that don't have addiction. Negativity and ego aren't specific to addiction. We just have a different way of processing things. And to work with us effectively, you have to have a deep understanding of how it feels to be us on the inside. This also takes me perfectly into our conversation today, the challenge of dealing with judgmental people. I know you're going to want to listen to this and think about all the people in your life that are judgmental and how they hurt your feelings and make you mad. And you know, I'm going to flip the script on you because my entire premise in life, in coaching, in business is personal responsibility. Meaning I want you to apply this information to yourself not others. I want you to look at you and recognize where you can improve and be better because you don't have control over anyone else. Focus on yourself and don't get consumed in 
pointing out everyone else's character defects. Fix your own defects. A couple of things came together for me when I was creating this episode. First, I have a little spoiler alert because it goes perfectly in sync with this topic. Then I have a situation that happened and I will share with you <laughs> that will bring this all together. And many of you are members of our member of my membership community online called the Sober Society. And in Sober Society, we have multiple online meetings every week and each week I put out new content for you about sobriety and healing your life. Every month starts with a mantra. Every month we focus on a specific thinking error. You may remember some time ago, I did a whole episode on thinking errors, and it's actually one of my most popular episodes, and I'll link it in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to it. But thinking errors are things like black and white thinking, all or nothing thinking, jumping to conclusions. I think that was the focus last month. And for June, here's the spoiler alert, the thinking error is labeling. And I found this definition of labeling that I really like. Labeling and mislabeling occur when labels are attached that are believed to reflect someone at their core instead of them at the moment. Like, I love that. And I hope that makes sense to you. It really resonated with me. In a split second, you put a label on someone based on something that happened in that moment. But we label them in total like character assassination, (laughs) like it's who they are as a human. And then this brings me to the story. Many years ago, I was working with a family to do an intervention on their son. And the stepmom was really struggling with the other, the younger son who was just like 15. He was probably 14 or 15 at that time. And they're sitting my in my office and stepmom goes on this tangent about this boy eating her Cheez-Its, right? And she's like, I don't mind if he wants to eat the Cheez-Its. Like, I don't mind sharing. She said, I just asked him, if you're going to eat the Cheez-Its, can you please pour them in a bowl and eat from the bowl instead of sticking your hand in the box of Cheez-Its? Just pour them in a bowl. She's like, and then I come in not two days later and he's sitting on the couch with the whole box of Cheez-Its in his big, disgusting hand in the box. And I looked over at the boy <laughs> and he goes, I just wanted a snack. <laughs> you know. And here, like, because what she said to, she said, it's disrespectful and it's disgusting. And the kid's like, I was just hungry, dude. Like, that's it. And that's exactly the situation, right? She put these labels on him and basically sent a message to him that he's a disrespectful and disgusting person. And he really wasn't being either of those things, not intentionally, for sure. I mean, he was a kid, he's a teenager. So of course, all he's thinking about is himself. He probably didn't remember her having that conversation with him. He was just hungry, so he went for it. But you see what I'm saying? It's putting a label to reflect someone at their core instead of them at the moment. A better way to have phrased that would have been eating out of the box feels disrespectful and disgusting, right? Not that he is disrespectful and disgusting. So there's that labeling and the judgment. And that's what I wanted to connect for you with that story is that judgment. Like that poor child felt so judged and was shamed, right, for eating some damn Cheez-Its. I mean, it's pretty weird. 
Another great example is like road rage. I'm amazed at how angry people can get in the car. And I'm sure you know it's not just angry in the car. People that get worked up about that kind of stuff are usually people that get worked up about all kinds of stuff. If you're angry in the car, it's because you have some underlying anger that hasn't been dealt with yet. It may come out more in the car because it's a private space and you can act a fool and scream obscenities in there with no repercussions. So (laughs) it may come out more there, but angry is angry. If you've got it, it's going to come out in every area. So think about this. You scream at someone and call them names because of something they did in a split second. We attach labels to them. We judge them as if they're bad humans because of something they did literally in one moment. And by the way, are you so short-sighted that you can't see you've probably done the exact same thing at one point or another? We all make mistakes and we all deserve some grace. All these labels are how you judge people. And I think we can all say we don't like being judged especially because it feels inaccurate. (laughs) And if you don't like being judged, then focus on shutting down your own little judgmental mouth. Stop being judgy. If you don't want to be judged, don't be judgy. I used to be so freaking judgmental. It honestly is embarrassing to even think about it. And I had no idea that I was judgmental. I hadn't connected the dots that all the negative and rude stuff coming out of my mouth was judgmental, but I had something to say about everything and everyone. And I also, back up for a second, I also want to take a minute to clarify something that I think is really important here. There is a difference between observing someone or something and judging someone or something. Meaning, it is totally normal to observe things and watch people, watch each other, to see how someone else does it, something, right? Anything, how they do their marriage or how they lead their team at work or what clothes they wear or how they speak. It's totally normal to observe things and recognize things and have thoughts like, oh, I really like how they did that or wow, I would never do it that way. That's normal. We watch each other and listen to each other, and that's how we learn about ourselves and our likes and our dislikes, right? Where it turns judgmental is when you think you are superior for doing it your way, and other people are inferior if they don't do it your way. Judgmental is when you think you are better and your way is better than others. And for me, when I was judgmental, it was all about making others feel inferior. Now, again, I didn't recognize that when I was doing it, but I was raised around a lot of people who had a lot of negative things to say about everything and everyone on the planet. So that was a normal way of being to me. But once it was pointed out to me that I was judgmental and I started to understand that all those things I was saying was judgmental, I knew I wanted to stop. Because judgmental was not a word I wanted to use to describe myself. That word felt mean to me. And I don't want to be mean to people. 
I don't want people to feel judged by me. I want people to feel love and acceptance and safe, not judged. And when people hear you spewing judgmental BS all the time, we're perfectly aware that you're judging us too. (laughs) And is that the effect you want to have on your friends and the people around you? I wouldn't think so. It definitely wasn't for me. Much later in my healing, as I learned to shut my mouth and (laughs) shut down my judgmental nonsense, I realized that I was judgmental because I was so insecure and unhappy with myself. You're only judging and tearing down other people because you feel bad about yourself. It's almost like you're projecting all of your feelings about yourself onto everyone else. And I promise you, because I've been both people, I've been super unhealthy, insecure, bitter, angry person. And now I get to be the calm, confident, uplifting person. And I promise you, when you get to the other side, when you dig your way out of that negative, angry hole and you work on yourself and correct that behavior and you feel good about yourself and who you are, you have no desire to tear people down because you know how bad it feels to feel that bad on the inside. I always talk to you guys about looking inward first. Like if there's a quality that bothers you in another person, you need to take a minute and look at yourself to see if you have that same quality. Because more often than not, the things that irritate you in other people are the things that irritate you about yourself. That's why they're so irritating (laughs) because you're already kind of on yourself. Like take being late, for example. I used to, it used to drive me nuts when people would be late, but I was a late person. But in my head, I could rationalize it. Well, I didn't mean to be late. That wasn't my intention, but it doesn't matter. Late is late. But it drove me crazy when other people would do it because it's something I did myself and I already knew it was my own character defect, right? So I was sensitive to it. But this is exactly the place that judgment comes from, your own insecurity and low self-esteem about who and what you are and how you're showing up in the world. I remember a friend of mine years ago, like in my 20s, a friend of mine said to another friend, um, he said, you know what, making me look bad doesn't make you look better. And that really struck a chord with me because it's true. That's what we're doing in that judgmental space is pulling people down so we can try to feel bigger. Another thing I want to stress in this, you're not a bad person if you have this trait. Like I said a few minutes ago, I was raised around people who were mean and judgmental to everyone. It's gross and it drains my energy, But the point is, this is a learned behavior. We aren't born being negative and mean and judgmental. But often we are raised in an environment that is criticizing and judgmental, which makes you feel insecure and inferior. You're not bad for being judgmental. The trait is harmful, not you. There's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) It's the behavior that we have to modify. And it's not who you are as a human being, right? It's just a behavior. So don't start berating yourself about it. Instead, start noticing it. 
Notice when a judgmental thought enters your head and practice keeping your mouth closed. That's how I started. You know, I tell you all the time, my primary conversation with myself is, Angela, just sit down and shut up. You know, because I'm obstinate and rebellious, right? I want to be against everything. I want to think I'm smarter and I'm better and I can figure it out and I don't need to do that, right? I have all that nonsense. And I have to just tell myself, Angela, sit down and shut up. Learning to shut up was one of the most valuable lessons in my life. I know that's hard to believe because I talk so damn much, but (laughs) I had to learn to just be quiet. And that's how I started to get control of that judgment, right? As long as it doesn't come out of my mouth, then no damage is done. As long as I can just be quiet and that thing doesn't come out of my mouth, I'm okay. Then I can start working on changing the thoughts. And here's how I did that in different situations. I just want to give you some examples. So with driving, Because, of course, I was one of those people that got pissed off about every little thing. And I was from L.A. where driving is a bit more aggressive than it is in other places. And I love to flip people off, right? So I got to this place of thinking like, if it was an older person driving that was irritating me, I would think, okay, you know what? If that was my grandmother driving... I wouldn't want someone driving behind her, yelling at her and calling her names, right? Like, that's absurd. And that older person in that car that's irritating me is someone's person who they love very much. So don't treat them crappy. Or if it's a young person, I think, first of all, I was young once, and I promise you, I did not not always drive safe or make the best choices. And when you're young, you can't make great choices very often because that part of your brain isn't even fully formed yet. So young people don't make great decisions. This is not a newsflash, okay? And I think in cars, right, if it's a young person and they're irritating me or they're driving too fast or whatever the thing is, I think if that was one of my nieces or nephews, I would not want someone being a jerk to them and treating them badly or screaming at them or flipping them off and scaring the bejesus out of them. Just like you wouldn't want someone doing that to your child or niece or nephew. If I caught someone treating one of mine like that, I probably wouldn't be able to control my temper and I may end up in jail. So if you don't want it done to yours, don't do it to others. Here's another piece of this that is spot on right now. A lot of people are very opinionated right now. (laughs) And what we see, especially in the online arena, is people act like their opinions are facts. Like their way is the right way. And if you disagree, then you're wrong. Opinions aren't facts, people. They're just your opinion. And they're really not that important, to be honest with you. Now, I'm not sure when this shift started taking place, But it's really unfortunate. Like, when did we start having an expectation that we all have to agree on everything or we don't like each other? There's no law that I have to have the same worldviews as you or anyone else. We're all perfectly allowed to have freedom of thought and live our lives the way we want to and have our very own opinions about things. (laughs) It's silly that we even have to talk about this. 
that this is another place that judgment stems from. And I want to read this piece of an article. Let me get it here. I want to read this piece of an article that explains this. It says, not sure if you've noticed, but a lot of people are highly opinionated these days, especially online. Furthermore, they're keen to express how offended they are if anyone's opinion goes contrary to their own. Some people even go as far as to claim that they've been personally injured or attacked by those who hold different opinions. They might also try to rally their social circle to silence the person who has dared to make them feel bad. This kind of behavior is incredibly unhealthy as it doesn't allow any room for rational debate. Instead of just thinking, okay, this is what I believe and that's what you believe and both of these have merit even if we disagree. People instead get incredibly attached to and emotionally invested in their ideology. Then they get defensive and aggressive if others disagree with their stance. It's as though they can't separate who they are from what they think or feel. Thus, when someone questions them or makes a valid argument about their opinion on a subject, it's seen as an attack against them personally. And if they are being judged for their opinion, they sure as hell are going to judge back. Listen, you guys, when you are a public person, you deal with this type of stuff a lot. I have people send me private messages where they'll disagree on a post in my Facebook group and threaten to leave the group because they can't support that and whatever. And, you know, first things first, you're not going to bully me in my own group, right? You're perfectly welcome to leave. And I will absolutely respect that. But I'm about inclusion, love, and acceptance, I'm not only hanging out and supporting people that have the same opinions as me. That's silly to me. You don't have to agree with me on everything. I will love you and respect you just the same either way. We are all intelligent humans. Just because your opinion is different than mine doesn't mean I don't like you. Like I can respect you because you're an intelligent human with your own thoughts, you know? And a lot of that is because I have an understanding that my own opinions really aren't that important. I don't need anyone to agree with me so I can feel right. And that's the difference. The super opinionated people are looking for validation and gathering people for their cause so they feel right and or superior like we talked about. Comfortable, confident people don't need that validation. So let's shift our focus now on how to deal with the judgmental people. Again, first, I want you to look at yourself and see what work you need to do in this area, right? We have to always start with ourselves. But if you have judgmental people in your life that you struggle with, the first thing I want to tell you is to make sure you have some healthy boundaries around those people. Meaning, have boundaries around how much time you allow yourself to be around them. If someone is toxic in any way or energy draining, you are allowed to protect yourself and limit your exposure to those people. You're allowed to do that. That's first. The next thing I would say is don't personalize their nonsense. One thing about judgmental people is they are judgmental to everyone all the time. It isn't about you. It's not personal like they are personally attacking you. They are personally attacking 
everyone. It's who they are. It's not about you. Then start practicing just letting things go in one ear and out the other. Just let them talk and you can think about other things or look at something on your phone or say you have to go to the bathroom to escape the whole conversation, right? Just let them do their thing and think in your head how grateful you are that you don't make people feel like they want to escape you when you're talking. And the last thing I'll say about the judgy person is Try to see past the behavior and see the person through a more neutral lens, meaning contradict the negative behaviors by remembering all the positive things you love about the person. None of us is ever going to be 100% what each other likes, right? We will always have habits or behaviors or opinions that don't match one another, but don't label Don't label or judge those habits and behaviors as unacceptable or inferior or incorrect. Remember, there are many things you love about that person too. Now, if it's a coworker or something, someone you don't know well or care too much about, then just get away from them and stay away from them. That's pretty simple. But if it's a family member or your partner or your kid, you love that person too. We all have pieces of our puzzle that are effective and ineffective. We all have great pieces and not so great pieces. You're no better than anyone else. So try to have a more neutral view of them, right? Remember, they may have some things that you're not crazy about, but they also have some things that you love and adore. And we have to balance that out instead of getting in that sort of all or nothing thinking, right? If you do something that makes me mad, then you're all bad. It doesn't work that way. We're all a combination of all the things. So just try to remember that you also love parts of that person too. And for all of my Sober Society members, you're going to really enjoy the June content. And this episode will be a great addition to that focus on labeling. And for those of you that are interested in joining Sober Society membership, I will put a link in the show notes for you to join. It's commitment-free and super inexpensive with a ton of material and support. Like I said, we have... We have three online meetings right now. I think we're getting ready to add a fourth and we would love to have you. I'd love to meet you in a meeting. And thank you again for the wonderful review. I get giggly every time I get one and I love to share them. So thank you for that. As you go through the rest of your day, have some extra awareness about this topic of being judgmental. Catch yourself in some judgy thoughts and use some of the strategies I talked about in this episode to deal with others being judgy. The truth is, we are all trying our best to get through a life in a world that is more stressful and more challenging than ever before. Life is so freaking hard and full of curveballs. It's really easy to fall into some negative thinking, and it's super easy to get angry at all the stress. So let's focus on making this a better, more loving experience for each other instead of judging each other for our struggles. I love you guys. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I would love to meet you in the Facebook group for more conversation. I will link that in the show notes as well. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I will see you next week. 
You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.